we're back. It's week three. Episode three, Design Mixtape. So for today's lineup, we got Titus talking about his new project, um, the New York Yankees MLB lineup, which I think is rigged because I can't win a game. I can't get past the first screen. And then we're going to um, answer questions that people ask on Twitter. And the last part, which is my favorite part, is what are you listening to today? I got some nice tracks for you guys. So before we get started, though, we need to do a checkup, and we need to make sure that we did the homework that we were supposed to do. We shall. Did you I do totally your homework? I totally forgot what my homework was. Did you do it, though? What was it? You were supposed to watch uh, the Can I Have This Dance video with Chance the Rapper and Francis the Lights. I must have been really busy you two weeks ago. You did do your homework. <laughs> I talked to you about it like this afternoon. I said, I'm going to go do my homework real quick. I swear I did my homework, but... Okay, so you still have to do that. Like, you can't just get out of doing it. But for everyone that was really wondering, I did do my homework. What was the name of that? It was Can I Have This Dance? Chance the Rapper, Francis the Lights. I'm not going to let you do it right now. You can't interrupt the podcast to do your homework. I'm the student that goes into the class and teacher's like, did anybody do their homework? And I'm like pulling out my homework doing it there. Like, while I'm grading all of the other homework? Oh, man. Uh, I did my homework, though. How did you like 106 and Park? So I, you, the link you sent me was the very last episode. And it was kind of weird because they were like, all right, and today's guest on 106 and Park is Aaliyah. And this is like a week before she dies. That, that wasn't the last episode. That was, that was the link you sent me. It was like the, oh, the, the that, official last episode of 106 and Park. Nah, that wasn't the last episode. Was that like an old episode? That was like This was 2001. But that's when it was 106 and Park. Like, the whole branding was very 106 and Park. It was new. But once they got to, like, 2010, maybe 11, I feel like it just went away two or three years ago. So it's still It became around. more like MTV branding look versus okay. that old school BT vibes. All right. So we both get a pass this week. You get to do your well, homework Well, I'm watching later. this video you right now. You can watch it and, and not listen to the music. And it seems very sad. It's Chance just standing in a um in a room. Seems like you know maybe a lower budget video. Oh come on, you gotta watch the whole thing. Uh, but okay, so you can send me a new link. I think I know what I'm gonna give you for homework this week. So we're gonna have to double down. Okay. Work really hard. So Twitter questions. Yep. I counted four different questions. One two parter. So I guess really five questions. The first one is from Paul Snyder. I'd love to hear more about passion projects and where you find high-res images of athletes to use. That's a good question. I'll say passion projects. The only thing to be cautious about is not making them look like their passion projects. So if you're going to do something for passion, make sure it's professional if you're going to put it into your portfolio. If not, um, somebody sent me a DM on Twitter asking about an internship. And the first thing I did was go to their portfolio and it was like not professional looking work. Like there's a, a type of work that I can tell is professional or not, especially work that doesn't have a lot of typography or composition. So just be careful about doing a passion project with no direction. So part two of his question, um, where do you find high-res images at? That's uh, a question... I don't know the answer to. If anybody does, tweet at us. Let us know. A lot of people um, will just rip images from like Google or, you know, they get on Getty and they like find an image that doesn't have, you know, like the watermark on it or something like that. 
And I think for practice and stuff, it's probably okay, but... But there's a thin line between that, because Getty's copyright laws, they're very, very yeah. starting on those things. Well, you should never use work like that that you don't buy if you're getting paid, right? Like, yeah. If you're just goofing around trying to find like new ways to make photography look really cool, then that's one thing. But selling your work or using it as a portfolio piece without uh, proper rights or accreditation, like, that's not very smart. That's a big no-no. So question two comes from Janisha. Janisha Watts. Jay Watts. She is a editor on ESPNW, just so you guys know. Check her out on Twitter. She uh, was, she, I think she was mad at you for not telling her that you were doing a podcast. Janisha is a very particular friend of mine. (laughs) She's a big supporter. She loves the arts, and uh, she's really big on literature. She always keeps me informed, and I try to keep her informed on design. So let's hear her question. So she wanted to know, specifically for me, she said, share some of your favorite design concepts, which uh, we had to get some, some clarity on this because design concepts, like, it's so subjective, right? Like that can mean anything to anyone. So when I think of concept, I think of something that's not yet started, somewhere so like an idea and not like a design or a brand or a designer. So I was thinking her question was, what are your favorite design executions, which are finished designs, which is kind of like the barrier between designers and non-designers. Like the wording can sometimes be off. I think that as far as concepts go, like I'm a big fan of this uh, website called things.co and uh, it's thngs.co. And, and that ranges from like the 50s to as recent as like this past year. But if you see stuff on that site, you understand immediately like how simple design can be. That's one of the things we've talked about before, like design solves problems. That's where this website kind of like lives. And, and this is totally my this is totally my bag. I would say my favorite concepts or executions is uh, Paula Scher is one of my favorite designers in her public theater, which I feel like everybody says is their favorite stuff. But I just love the simplicity of it. The big type is very funky. I feel like it's something Janisha would like a lot, being a New Yorker. So I would check that out. It's uh, P-A-U-L-A, last name S-C-H-E-R. Check her out. She also had a really good episode on Abstract. I have yet to watch that. You haven't seen it yet? You did see the one with Tinker Hatfield, right? I So I was at a period of time where I didn't want to watch anything related to design. Sometimes I get into a stink, so I refuse to watch it. And now I'm out of it, but I just, it became not so relevant. The Tinker Hatfield one is all about how he made the, like, the Air Jordans and stuff. You will love it. I will have to check it out. I'm excited for you to see it. All right, question number three. This is from Ahmed Akili. He would like to hear our opinions on the importance of InDesign in a workplace focused so predominantly on digital content. That's a tough question because we work on digital content and I can say that I never used InDesign for digital content, which some people might. I'm actually using Sketch right now, uh, which is a big turn because I used to only use Adobe products, but I'm just using Sketch for digital projects. But I do use InDesign working for our magazine. So you do a lot of magazine work from time to time. And yeah. that is exclusively InDesign, right? All InDesign. I think that for print stuff, it's really important to know what tools are available. And like InDesign is the print tool. What other tools are there? I mean, I use stuff that I'm not supposed to use like Photoshop and Illustrator for pretty much anything 
but InDesign is where it's at. I would be interested to know people that's using InDesign for digital things. It's important if you're going to do print at all to know what tools are available to you. So I would definitely recommend getting used to InDesign if you're going to work in that world at all. But as far as digital stuff goes, we just don't use it very much. Yeah. Uh, the fourth question that I have is from Jake Pablo. Last question. He said, how do you get in the business? I'm a senior in high school, about to go to college for design. What's the best way? I'm glad we're reaching the younger audience. <laughs> I feel like a lot of our audience might be younger. Um, that's a good question. Let me see. So you went to design school. I did. And you knew that you wanted to be a designer. I did, but I also have classmates who went to design school, knew they were going to be designers, and now are not currently working in design. And then you have a whole different story. Right. So part of me wants to say go to school, be a design major, you know, follow that process. But another part of me wants to say that design changes. Everything I learned in school is only about 10% of what I actually do now. I took coding classes, but I didn't really do as much as I'm doing now. Um, They didn't teach me sketch at school. That's something I had to learn on my own. I wouldn't say not get a degree, but the way that YouTube works, the way the internet works, the way products changes, is more so about when you go to school, just having a foundation, knowing things about typography, composition. So it would be good to have a design degree. Um, I also think it would be good to have a degree in business or other subjects that are related to it. Or the most important things, if you want to get into the industry, is learning the foundations of typography and composition, um, really knowing how to network because you may know a lot, but if you don't know anybody, it's hard to get a job. And also interning, that for me is the most important thing of getting into the industry. I think that if you're going to go to design school, it's important to soak up those basics that we've talked about, like concept and typography and color theory, and even like some art history to understand kind of the background of your own influences. That kind of stuff is really cool. And I wish that I had that. But Man, I think that you can learn so much online. The internet can do anything these days. If I could recommend anything, it would be to learn how to code. And I know that scares designers. And I know they think that... It still scares me. (laughs) It scares all of us, right? Like, we didn't get into this industry. We didn't pursue this career because we wanted to code. But... Coding will get you a job, even it if will. it's even if it's like not the design job that you want. I guarantee you that a designer that knows how to code will find a job faster than a designer that does not know how to code. If you're looking in the right spots. Yeah, especially if you're trying to work into digital. Um, I think coding is something you need to know. And not just coding. I would just say know as much as you can. I feel like I'm a jack of all trades, so I can kind of roll with the punches. So if I need to learn how to code, I can do that. If I need to learn animation or After Effects, I would say a designer really needs to know After Effects, especially if they're trying to work in social or digital or even working on a website. Whenever I'm trying to um, get a developer to animate something, I have to animate it in After Effects to show them what I'm talking about. So just having those skill sets, which I learned from the social team, I felt like has really given me an advantage. I think one of the things that you brought up last time we talked was really important, and that was identify where you want to work and then go do those things. So if you want to work in sport, if you just want to do like photo illustration, then know that and chase that stuff down. If you know you want to work at ESPN and create content like we do, learn how to code, learn how to use After Effects, learn how to use Sketch. All of these tools are super important if you want to do what we do, but it's important to know first that you actually want to do those things. Yeah, because you might actually hate it. I mean, I know some designers that hate coding. I can't say it's my favorite thing to do in the world. Not even Um, close. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, hot topic of the day. It's Titus's MLB project. What's the na- official name of it? So, there was a lot of debate about this, but I think the official title is Keep the Yankees in the Yard. Okay. My first question is, why Yankees? So, one of the reasons that we do big projects based on bigger teams or bigger names is because we know it's going to drive traffic. What was the reason to go with illustrations instead of photography? I think it's all about access. We couldn't have asked these guys, you know, hey, can you stand behind home plate and let us throw you a few dozen pitches and we're going to throw them at this speed. We're going to throw them in these different spots in the strike zone and we're going to photograph you swinging or we're going to video you swinging. Like that that type of access just doesn't exist unless you're like creating a film, right? Like unless you're directing a movie and you have control over all these moving parts. So essentially it was what can we what can we do with the amount of access that we have? So illustration actually lent itself really well to this. Uh, Matthew Hollister was our illustrator and he did an awesome job. I've been trying to work with him for a long time. And this was just one of those perfect scenarios where I knew he could perfectly illustrate the players, get their likenesses right. But also I knew he had great experience with um, sport illustration, putting bodies in specific positions, making it look like these guys are actually swinging the bat. And I had a really good idea of what it would look like. And it was exactly what he presented. So illustration just lent itself really well to the project. And it kind of gave it that cool video game feel in a lot of ways um, that I don't think we would have gotten with video or with photography. Cool. So this is kind of a question that I have sometimes wondered before I joined the team. Why hire an illustrator? Like, I guess from an outside view, if I'm not a designer, if I don't work on a team, if I don't know any difference between a designer or illustrator, it's like, why hire an illustrator? What's the difference between your job title and an illustrator? What can you do that they can't do and what can they do that you can't do? There's a veil around what we do and no one to lift that veil, right? People just kind of assume like, oh, we're designers, so we're the ones who are going to be, what, like illustrating and and doing all of the work that we're hiring out? Like, why would you even hire that out? If it was up to me, if I had the time, I would have illustrated it. When I first joined the team, I remember being so surprised at how few illustration assignments I could get. It was always go hire this other person to do the job. And I would think, why? Like, I could do that. I want to do that. And the problem is, is we just don't have the time. Matt worked on that stuff for a couple of different months while I was managing it and making sure that the code was being created and that the text was coming in on time and that that the process was moving forward. Like, I was a project manager. I was an art director. And that's a totally different position than illustrator. Maybe a better answer is that I wanted it to look as best as possible. And I knew that Matt would do a really good job. And I knew Jared that coded it would do a really good job. And if I had an entire year to work on just this project, which is like a terrible way for, you know, for ESPN to operate, to give all of us like our own projects and just hope that eventually we figure it all out. Wouldn't you rather be on a team with the best players versus expected to do everything yourself? It was really awesome to have three or four different people on this project all contributing to create something that they were going to be really successful at. That's a really good question. Like, long story short, I just didn't have the time. Yeah. I wish I had it. And I also don't have the skills. Honestly, Matt Matt did exactly what I wanted him to do. And if I had that power, I wouldn't work here. Like, I would do what Matt does. I would illustrate as a freelancer and build up a client list so that they could call on me to do that work on the regular. But... I love art directing more than I love illustrating. So that leads me to my next question. What exactly is art directing? 
Huh. That's a good question. I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> I'm hitting you with them questions. No, this is good. I think art directing is taking someone else who is super talented and figuring out the best way to exploit those talents. And so like a coach. Exactly. So you're like Ty Lu. I would I would think of myself more like a Greg Popovich than a Ty Lu. You would take him. I, I, I kinda, think I'm Steve Kerr. I jumped up the ladder like really high. It's like <laughs> kind of new coach to like the greatest coach ever. He went ever. to like a Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, no, I think that it's exactly like a coach because you want the people on your team to be at their best. And whether that's a whole crew like what I did with this project or if it's just one illustrator working on something very specific, you want them to solve your problems, whether that's showing this concept in kind of an abstract way or getting the likenesses right on these three Yankee players or delivering assets so that you can code them really well. No matter what it is, it's really important for you to get them at their very best game. And that's probably the thing that art directors do the most. You take different pieces of the puzzle and you make them fit. Cool. Next question is, how long did this project take? I want to say that we had our first meeting in December or January. And so it launched April 2nd, four months. Like, that's crazy to me to think about. Maybe five months. Yeah, like most of our projects do not take that long. Most of our projects are somewhere between like two weeks and two months. Yeah. But this one just had a lot of eyes on it internally. We knew that it was going to line up perfectly just after opening day with the Yankees being on our air. So there was a lot of, I guess, synergy to use like a corporate word to make sure that this got the best traffic it could get. So we launched at a specific time on a specific day, which in the end didn't matter because the Yankees game got snowed out. I was just going to ask that. How did- it snowed in April. How come <laughs> we can't get nice weather up here? I asked myself that. So it took a long time, and there were different steps to the process. So we sat down and we brainstormed the idea. The MLB had this really cool meeting in the big conference room upstairs with everybody. And they invited me in for the last little bit where they pitched ideas. And the one that stuck out to me, there were a bunch of really good ideas. There were some about Ichiro and some about Otani. But the one that stuck out to me was this thing about the Yankees, how big and how strong and how powerful they were. And Eba, the editor on this, this was her idea. And it actually just perfectly worked out to match a project that I had pitched to them last year where it was the inverse. You were the umpire and you got to watch a pitcher throw at you. So theirs was just flipped around. You're the pitcher and you're throwing down the line at these batters. And I had already like mocked up this stuff and like gotten this whole presentation together. I was like, this is perfect. It's just going to work out really well. So I was able to kind of pull from my back pocket, like some designs that I had done a long time ago and demonstrate exactly how this thing could work. So once we got editorial on board and we all agreed that this was a project worth pursuing, we chased down a developer to help code this thing. And the first question I asked him was, is this even possible? He confirmed right away, yes, this is great. We got to build this thing. I got Matt involved to illustrate it all. And then we got a writer on board and Matt Maroon did a really good job writing some pretty snarky comments. So if you strike out, you know, or if you, you give up a home run right I've seen away. all of those. <laughs> I've, I've gotten all He puts you in your place. Yeah. It doesn't help that he's a huge Yankees fan. So it took maybe two months to develop this thing after, you know, like a month of coming up with the game itself and figuring out that it wasn't going to be like a, a true game where you could pick which pitch you're going to do and you can pitch where you're going to throw it. Like an MLB Live. 
Yeah. Which would take like two years. Exactly. Or three. So we're not in the business of building video games. And if we were, it would have looked way different. So essentially what this is, is this data viz. And instead of taking data viz and just throwing it on a regular page with, you know, a few bar charts, it was decided that the best way to present this data viz was a fun way in the form of a game. So if you had to be any pitcher in the MLB right now, who would you be? To take out the victory of the Yankees. Oh, my goodness. I think there are some pitchers that have really good success against the Yankees. It seems to be that they are particularly bad at hitting left-handed pitchers, which is kind of ironic because you would think that a right-handed batter is going to suffer against a right-handed pitcher. I would probably pick, and this is my boy, uh, I'm going to go with Danny Duffy of the Royals. Yeah? That's a terrible answer because, honestly, there's like a hundred other pitchers that would do way better. But Sticking to the home team? I got to stay loyal. All right. Well, maybe we'll see that. Or maybe not. Probably not. But I think that's going to wrap up the hot topics of today. Yes. And we can get to my favorite part. What are you listening to today? I'm going to let you answer first because I've talked for a long time. What yeah. are you listening to right now? Well, I was feeling, you know, female power this week. So I started a playlist called Rap Queens. And Beyonce is a part of that playlist. Of course. Because she's the queen bee. So I'm listening to Nicki Minaj's Pink Print, which I feel like is one of her best albums. And the design geeky me. I love the album cover. It's a very simplistic. It's a thumbprint. And I feel like uses makeup or like a makeup pattern powder. I'll put a link so you guys can check it out. But it's just like all white with that pink print. And I mean, there's a pink print on the pink print album. Um, I feel like that's, you know, pretty awesome. And I'm also listening to Cardi B. Be careful with me. Okay, have you seen her album cover? Because it's like a homage to like old school Vogue where it's like the short like pixie cut hair. It's super like 2000s, um, like Cisco. It's super cool and it's very well done. I feel like it's something I could see in Vogue, but it's Cardi B, so I wasn't expecting it to be like that. But you guys should check it out. I think her album is coming out on Friday, so... Maybe you'll listen to it. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. And I went all the way back to Beyonce's four album, which I'm not sure if I actually like, but I hadn't listened to Beyonce in a long time. Now I was trying to check out, you know, female rappers. So that's what I'm listening to this week. What are you listening to? So I need to work on my presentation because you have like a playlist and you know exactly why you're doing this. And I listen to like the same music over and over again. Every once in a while, I feel um, a little wild and I'll turn on like new music on Spotify, you know. What old music are you listening to? I'm all for the oldies, you know. So I've got a couple of new tracks this week. And one of them is from Churches, Never Say Die. That new single is pretty good. They've got another new single with the lead singer from The National, and it's pretty good. It's called My Enemy. And then, uh, I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure or if it's okay to like this band. I'm a big fan of Chromio. Yeah. And they got a new one called Bedroom Calling, and I'm pretty into that <laughs> one right now. I'll have to check those out because I've never um, heard of any of those people or songs. I know who Cisco was. We yeah, were talking I mean, about Cisco. Cisco's a classy, though. I mean, I have uh, heard of the church or churches. Churches. Yeah, I, I've heard that name before. They spell it with a V, and I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, I've heard that they changed it from churches, like the proper spelling, because whenever you would type in churches online, you, churches. you would get churches. So they changed it to have a V in the middle. And even if that's not true, it's kind of a cool legend. So now it's on to my favorite part of the show, which we already know you do not care about as much as me. <laughs> We're I got talk- F this week on homework. That's what we need is to give each other <laughs> grades. 
Just a I'll bunch take, of. I'll take the F. So this week for homework, I'm gonna make you watch a Nardwar video, which is as weird as it sounds. If you know who Nardwar is, Twitter, I want you to let Tiffany know about it because Nardwar is like my favorite black hole on YouTube to get sucked down into. Nardwar is this weird Canadian guy who wears like all plaid and like a goofy hat and he interviews musicians. The video I'm going to make you watch is his interview with NERD, which is like, I guess, the first viral one that he ever did. Get ready. It's a black hole to get sucked down into. I will uh, check it out. And if I don't come back, you know what happened to me. My homework is to check out Cardi B's album and her album cover. Okay. And let me know what you think about it. Let me know uh, what type of design or art it inspired you. I only know about Cardi B because of that viral video where everyone in the subway was singing along with one of her songs. I don't even know what it's called. And that's the only reason I know who she is. Did she win some Grammys this year? Oh, man. That Cardi B, she win no Grammys yet. <laughs> All right. So that's my homework. I'm excited about it. I'm going to listen to some rap. Yeah. So thank you guys for coming up today. Yeah, get at us with questions and let us know how we're doing. Hopefully, by episode four, we will have learned exactly what we're doing. (laughs) Or maybe not.